Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. If you notice, we are actually not watching the Thursday night game during the action this time around. You know, Michael and Jason mentioned in, in number one that they are up. Michael is visiting Jason at school. And they are staying in Ithaca, so asked to get it done early so they could have a nice night in Ithaca. So I I, I obliged, and we're doing this at 6.48 p.m., so the kickoff hasn't happened yet. I don't even know what to do without, like, uh, Thursday night in the background these days. I mean, Tim, I think you'll just uh, treat it as every other podcast we've ever done prior to this season on Wednesday night. Oh, uh, yeah, I could just harken back to the old days where, you know. And if you want to have some fun, just call it part duh. Part duh. Do you remember I Love the 90s? Do you remember that show? Yeah, that's where that's from. Yeah, that's where that's from, part duh. That's what made me. I never even knew that until right now. I just thought of it. It was my idea. It's all my idea. You guys have hated this. It's my idea. Would you have appreciated it earlier if you knew? Probably, yeah. I probably would appreciate it. You're a dumb fuck, Tim. Why am I dumb? Because I don't think of I love the 90s off the top of my head when I hear the word duh. No, because that would sway your opinion entirely. <laughs> okay, that, that makes more sense. <laughs> um, I love that show. I I think I, I think there's if there's anywhere in the in cyberspace that show still exists, like I would love to watch it. Um, but with that being said, we are the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast, and if you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple or whatever you get your podcast, thank you. But you could also listen to us in the Brodo app. That's right. Fantasy Football by Brodo is the app that is available. What do you get in this app besides this podcast? Well, we'd love to tell you. Um, You get fantasy player cards, which are basically everything you need to know about a fantasy player. Stats, metrics, everything. All on one card that looks like a playing card. Um, But it's digital. It's phenomenal. If you haven't seen it, it's great. We put it all over Twitter, too, if you want a sneak peek of those. Uh, The Huda Draft Tool. Player comps, podcasts, usage charts, very important usage charts, consistency charts, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every single stat you need, including advanced stats and exclusive stats, true throw value, true target target value, and of course, the newest stat that we have, adjusted air yards that takes away all the fat of air yards that make it such an unreliable crapshoot type stat and they we boil it down to what actually matters so go check that out on the app and of course that's made possible by the patrons over at patreon.com join now to support the show but also to be part of the community to play in leagues with us to get an extra episode the waiver wire episode where we go in depth because i'll tell you what we rank waivers but we rank waivers through fantasy pros and i love fantasy pros by the way rest in peace mike tagliere one of the realest um, shout out to his family. We love fantasy pros, the thing that he was a part of. And, but their waiver system for rankings is skata, as they say in Greek. It's, it's not good. So, you know, we, we need to talk about waivers. And if you just look at our waiver rankings, it's not nearly enough to understand what our thoughts are about waivers. And that's where we really shine. So check us out. Patreon.com slash bro to fantasy. Anything to add dudes? I think you covered it. 
All right, with that being said, let's get into our next matchup then. This is a this is a good matchup right here because are you guys ready to admit that I was right about Sam Darnold yet? Not even close. Not even close. What? All right. Acting like he's not playing well because he is. Well, he's going to have to face the hardest defense he's play, played all year. I know it's crazy, but the Cowboys are a good defense. Dan Quinn has come in there and really changed the culture. Two other people that have changed the culture, very, very important. Micah Parsons, the linebacker slash defensive end that's causing mayhem. And Trayvon Diggs, the second-round pick last year out of Alabama, is having an absolute come-out come party. Stephon Diggs' brother? Yes, Stephon Diggs' brother, Trayvon Diggs. If you watched, they had a whole thing about Trayvon Diggs on Hard Knocks if you watched it. And his son, his son is one of the most adorable people in the world. He was the kid that, that thought Dak Prescott was Patrick Mahomes. That was Trayvon Diggs' son. Have you seen that clip? For the millionth time, Tim, I have not seen Hard Knocks. Yeah, but that clip was going around everywhere. Where he calls yeah, Dak Prescott Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it was adorable. Yes. Um, so the Cowboys have a great defense. They're fourth in defensive DVOA overall, and they are number one against the number one receiver. So Trayvon Diggs has been shutting down people, not only getting interceptions. I'm scared if I roster DJ Moore. I'm a scared. I'm playing him, but I'm playing him with Coughlin. I don't expect him to be the same guy. On the other hand, the slot has absolutely murdered the Cowboys. They are dead last in DVOA, so for the first time on the show this year, I'm going to give a deep sleeper pick because this is around the time deep sleepers need to happen and you can't just like start everyone. I think Terrace Marshall's a great play in this game. I think he's a sneaky play. I think he's a, a sleeper. Uh, how do you guys feel about the Panthers' passing options? I think everything you just said is a little bit absurd. Uh, everything. Shout out to Trevon Diggs. He's okay. been great. He's looked great. He has not went up against a player of DJ Moore's caliber. DJ Moore did whatever he wanted last week. DJ Moore did whatever he wanted the week before. Sam Darnold essentially only throws to DJ Moore in the running back at this point. I'm not interested in Terrace Marshall, who's going to see four or five targets. Although I see what you're saying, and he could have a big play. I'm just not interested in four or five targets from Sam Darnold. Robbie Anderson was a waste of a draft pick, and I'm not interested in one or two targets from Sam Darnold. With the Panthers, it's the pass catchers at least. DJ Moore or bust, in my opinion. And I think the question is what to expect out of the Panthers running backs. We have Mr. Chuba Hubbard, although I prefer to say Chuba. It's more fun. His name is Chuba Hubbard. Um, who outsnapped Royce Freeman 40 to 11 last week, finished with 11.52 on the ground, three for 27 in the air. Could have caught a touchdown, but you know, rookies make mistakes. He should, Christian McCaffrey would have caught it. Uh, I'm not of the fold that thinks that Royce Freeman's just going to come out, start, and get all the work just because he's the older guy. Like Hubbard was handpicked by this regime. They took him to be McCaffrey's backup. He operated as a lead back when McCaffrey went down. So I'm starting Hubbard confidently. I have him at like running back 15 or something this week. One thing I want to know, Jason, real quick, I just want before you go forward, you, you did say that Trayvon Diggs has not faced a uh, a wide receiver the caliber of DJ Moore, and I was just wondering if you thought that any of the wide receivers in the Buccaneers are his caliber, or what about what about the Chargers? I don't honestly. What you think like he's better than Keenan Allen? It's a it's a different offense though. The Buccaneers, like Tom Brady's going to spread it out. Diggs isn't going to be on Evans or Godwin or AB the entire time. Like, I don't think that's a good comparison. I'm just saying and you, Keenan Allen and Mike it. Williams had decent games against the Cowboys. Like, I just Mike, Mike I don't Williams think had, Diggs is on the level yet. We'll see. To say I think, fade him 
fade DJ more because Diggs is I'm on not him. I'm, I'm not buying that I'm at all. I'm saying temper expectations. I, what I'm saying is I don't expect DJ Moore to do what he's done in the past two games. Look, you watch Trayvon Diggs play, and he looks like he looks the part. So that's why I'm I'm leaning towards this is the breakout because he's been doing it against good players. It's not like he's been facing the Giants and the fucking I don't know the Jets. You know he's he's playing serious wide receivers, and he's been playing very well. So I think that that's look. He went. He's a second round pick. He went to Alabama. He has family that's super a superstar in the NFL. These are all three things that work very much in his favor. So I I, I think. You know, I'm just I'm not saying fade. I don't hear what I'm not saying. You know, like I'm not saying fade DJ Moore. I'm just saying temper expectations on DJ Moore. And if you have a flex spot and you're and you're deciding between like a safe play of Cole Beasley or a home run play of like Henry Ruggs, maybe in this game go with Beasley over Ruggs. Or, you know, something This is a Panthers. You're talking about. I'm confused about this whole Beasley rugs. If you're on a, if you're managing a team, <laughs> if you're managing a team, and you have DJ Moore, DJ? like just temper expectations oh. and, and go with the go with the home run shot. I mean, start rugs over Beasley. Go with the home run shot because you might not get that extra four or five points from Stefan Diggs that you usually. I mean, from DJ uh, Moore is fine more than you usually would. That's all I'm saying. DJ Moore is fine. Is there anything to the fact that Carolina has ten days rest and Dallas is playing on a short week? They played Monday night. That is something that needs to be said. That's just something to note. That is something to note. Fresh-legged Moore versus dead-legged Diggs. I wouldn't call them dead-legged. But I know, more fresh. Joke. More fresh for sure. That's that's Those are little details that really make a difference in matchups like this. But that I, I feel like that makes more of a difference on the win-loss side than it does on the fantasy side. Uh, speaking about the fantasy side, a lot of people dropped a lot of fab on Chuba Hubbard. Um, you talked about him briefly. What are your expectations for Chuba in this game? Because rookie making his first start. For me, I'm trying to stay away from him if I can, but also I have him ranked as running back 22 or 23. So I think he has the possibility of, of being an RB2. I'm a little scared about Royce Freeman because, Jason, you're the master of everyone spending their fab on who they think the backup running back is going to be. I'm going to sign who everyone thinks the third string running back is going to be, and you're going to see that my value is going to be better. Royce Freeman screams that to me. Like, it might not happen, but just the fact that we don't know for sure that it won't happen is enough to make me weary about playing Chuba, even though I just dropped fab on him. How are you feeling about Chuba uh, this week? I mean, I... Is Jason the guy who says that? I was confused by you saying that. Um, Jason, yeah. are you that guy who says to spend fab on the third string running back no, instead of the second string? Don't I mean, spend well. fab. He, he buys. He he picks up the other running back without spending fab after the guy just like like he did with Jeff Wilson, for example. I mean, I, I think it's a situational though. Like he said, the drop fab on Elijah Mitchell, and I agree with him. And I don't know. I think Royce Freeman is a scrub, which is why he got beat out by a UDFA as a rookie and then never amounted to anything and then got cut. So Chuba Hubbard, who played almost 80% of snaps, is going to do that again this week, in my opinion. I'm super high on him. I'm starting him if I have him, period. Jason, you in the same boat? <clears throat> yes. I'm Just makes me a little nervous. And it makes me a little nervous. There, there, there's a realm of possibility where this is a 60-40 or a 50-50 split backfield. 
And that's scary. Yeah, me. I don't see it. Um, Sam Darnold. I I love him, but don't play him against the Cowboys. The Cowboys defense is too good. Let's go over to the other side. I I mentioned that the Cowboys, I mean the Panthers, I are their rush defense has been phenomenal. Their pass defense has been phenomenal. They've just been a very good defense, but this is going to be their hardest test by far. Um, looks like Tony Pollard might not play. Didn't practice today. If that's the case, then, you know, obviously Zeke gets a, a, a boost because he's going to get all this work. The Cowboys have really transitioned to a pass, a, a run-first offense, and it's because they have a good defense now. Like, they don't have to pass all the time. So it's, it's interesting to me, um, but... Let's start with Zeke. I think Zeke is a is a is a phenomenal play in this game. Uh, how do you guys feel? Yeah, I mean, obviously you're starting Zeke. He's your first round pick, and they've turned this into a best, um, a running back led team, not a wide receiver and quarterback throwing fifty times type of team over the last couple of weeks. I think it also has to do with the fact that there were. They won these past couple of weeks, and especially against Philly, they were up early and were able to handle the control time of possession and just handle the ball the entire game, it seemed. Um, now they get Carolina this week, who's also 3-0, has started the season hot, allowed have only allowed 45 rushing yards per game this season, best in the league so far against opposing running backs, have not had a hard schedule, but still impressive, as Tim, you pointed out, I think, last episode or was it this episode about their um them having a very very solid rush defense so far to start the season in Carolina but if Pollard's out yeah Zeke is going to get a shitload of work so he'd be top five running back in my eyes if Pollard were to be out otherwise he's more of a low-end RB1 um Pollard has certainly worked his way into flex territory playing near 40 percent of the snaps weekly at this point getting rushes and targets and it's just so damn good. Like the dude, every time he touches the ball, it seems like he's running for at least seven, eight yards. He's a very, very good running back. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's come at the cost of CD Lamb and Omari Cooper, who I mean, last week, Omari Cooper had four targets, CD Lamb had three, and one of those was a 44 yard catch where he got tackled at the half yard line to open the game where he thought, oh, CD Lamb's gonna have a huge game today. So it's been very frustrating on that in that respect. I still don't think they're going to be this super rush-heavy team that they're making themselves seem like they are um, these last couple of weeks because I know their defense has been very good to start of the year. I also don't think they're just going to be a top-five defense this year. Like, it's still only a three-game sample. We need to chill. We need to, uh, we need to let people and let teams and let players really acclimate you know, with their new teams and things of that sort. Three weeks is not a huge sample. Things will change. So I'm not just going to proclaim that the Cowboys defense, like it's pro- it's certainly better than it was last year, but I'm not just going to say they're a top five defense moving forward or anything no, like that. Let's no. see how they perform this week against Carolina as well. But with that being said, you're obviously starting Lamb and you're obviously starting Coop, right? Like, obviously, it's no brainers. They have wide receiver one overall potential each week. Cedric Wilson, I wouldn't touch. And then you got Jarwin and Schultz. Dalton Schultz just had a huge game. Um, the week after Blake Jarwin saw more targets than him. So they've been going kind of back and forth with targets, but Dalton Schultz has been way more effective overall. Six for 80 six, with two touchdowns. Yeah, and then six for 45 week one. So besides one dud game in the middle has been very solid. So I do think he's a, a streamable tight end here as well. Him or Dawson Knox? 
I'd probably go Schultz over Knox. Uh, you know, do you think that this is the game? Amari Cooper had bad ribs, and ribs are a painful injury. Like, and, and there's reports that it, it could be cracked. So, do you think that's something that you have to look into Amari Cooper, or are you just playing him and not really considering it? I don't know. He played like 85% plus of the snaps last week. It seemed like he was off the field more because, I don't know, it just seemed that way. Um, but otherwise, he was he was playing almost every snap. Uh, so I'm not worrying about it too much. They didn't say it got any worse or anything like that. He's practicing, so I'm not a uh, I'm not too concerned. Is there any reason to be concerned about Dak, who had a really bad game last week? Uh, he didn't have a really bad game last week. Um, he had a really bad game. Oh, two, two weeks, weeks ago. ago. Excuse me. Two um, weeks yeah, ago. he yeah. but he was like, if they're gonna continue rushing this much, he's gonna have to be super efficient, which he was. Only 238 passing yards, but three passing touchdowns against Philly last week. So he just he need either needs the volume or to be efficient. Dak's a very good quarterback, though. So just starting him, obviously. Um, anyone else you want to talk about in this game? No. Let's move on. Dan over. Arnold is no longer on the Panthers. Facts, which is another reason why I think Terrace Marshall might be a good play this week. Darnold to D Arnold. Oh. Well, that's not gonna happen. Anymore, more fucking dumb mainstream bullshit. You know you you suck it. That's what you do. You suck. It. You keep telling me that my my takes are that I come up with legit. I don't. I'm not. I don't read other people's stuff. Like I, oh, the only th- time I'll ever. Read I wasn't even mocking you. I was like talking about in general. Yeah, but I said that I like him. So you suck. You suck up. Yeah, well, sometimes you, you say up. dumb shit. Seahawks at the 49ers in the Richard Sherman revenge game. Richard Sherman just signed with the 49ers. Um. The Seahawks are an interesting case here. A lot of people don't usually get off long passes against the Seahawks, which makes me not a big Tyler Lockett guy. Also, there's a injury that they have to worry about. Um, Tyler Lockett had a couple big weeks in a row, so maybe he's down for a couple bad weeks in a row. Um, in, in analysis, that doesn't actually mean anything. Um, but, you know. No, I agree. I have here, is it Lockett disappointment time? Yeah, like I, I just think that this is a, a, a game where Tyler Lockett kind of shits the bed. But on the other other hand, I like DK Metcalf in this game. The 49ers lost Jason Verrett. They just added Richard Sherman off the street, who which shows you their desperation at cornerback right now. I, he's more of the intermediary, intermediary uh, guy than Lockett is, so I like him better. Um, how are you feeling about these pass-catching options for the Seahawks? Uh, well, first off, Richard Sherman signed with the Buccaneers. Right, so. you're right. I'm bugging. I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little like, I'm like a like a, a like 95 percent today. I don't know what's going on. I think it's because we're not doing it at the regular time. It's typical with the Seahawks, right? You're starting Lockett. You're starting Metcalf. It's it's narrative time, boys. Which narrative do you believe more? Ready? Narrative number one. Chris Carson. Is running back 11 on the year, but it's because he scored three touchdowns. He doesn't even have a 100-yard rushing day yet, and he hasn't even been targeted more than five times all season. Other narrative. Chris Carson is running back 11, despite not even having a 100-yard rushing day yet and not even having more than five targets on the year. Jason, you, it was like you were speaking Chinese there because you're to- you said the same thing, but your tone made it made it different. Narrative time. <laughs> Um, I'm going with the uh, the concerned route 
honestly. Really? Um, I, I see. I, Travis I Homer played OD. Yeah, yo. That's true. Like Chris Carson played forty three percent of snaps. I mean, sixty three percent of snaps last week. Homer played forty three, and Collins played twenty six. Like that shit is ugly. I like Chris Carson. I'm not overreacting. I'll go like fifty five percent towards that one. Like I wouldn't be shocked if he does just turn up throughout the rest of the season, but it's certainly not okay for Travis Homer to be stealing forty percent of the snaps. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, Carson's still on the field for sixty sixty to sixty five percent of the snaps, which I think is what you're going to expect from Chris Carson. So I don't, I, I, you know, um, what about? What about DK Metcalf? You're playing DK Metcalf. You're playing Chris Carson. Gerald Everett has yeah. COVID. Are you guys intrigued by Will Disley because Gerald Everett has COVID? Everett? No. I do think but he yeah, becomes though, a streamable time. guy. Yeah. No, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, because now they're not going to share their targets either. All right. Now they're actually like the last couple of weeks or two weeks ago, Will Disley out targeted Gerald Everett. So like. They they were both seeing targets, so I do think this helps overall as a streamer. All right, Michael, you convinced me again for the second time in two episodes. I'm gonna uh, now. I'm gonna, Tim's gonna go move. I'm gonna move. Will Disley ahead of Austin Hooper. No, definitely, definitely <laughs> not. But a little bit higher. Um. So the Seahawks, Russell Wilson. Obviously, you're playing if you have Russell Wilson. Um. So let's go over to the 49er side. The 49ers. It's going to be interesting to see what they do at running back because last week when Trey Sermon started, it was the Kyle Juszczyk show. And Kyle Shanahan said something along the lines of Debo Samuel is a pretty good running back as well. It's a mess. I think it's Elijah Mitchell's backfield if Elijah Mitchell is healthy. There's no reason to think that anything has changed between when, when both of the guys were on the roster and Elijah Mitchell played. And now, I don't think there's no any difference, especially with the fact that Trey Sermon did not set the world on fire in any in any sort of way when he played. So, I mean, I'm firing up Elijah Mitchell, and I'm doing it against a defense that is susceptible, so I'm, I'm doing it confidently because he plays for the 49ers. How about you guys? If he plays. I concur, my fair maiden. Maiden? Elijah Mitchell. Yes, you're my fair maiden. Uh, damn, that's uh, it's, it's rough. Man. <laughs> Elijah Mitchell. Has been good, and he's been, more importantly, he's been getting the work. When he's been healthy, he's gotten the work, and I don't expect the change. Like you said, Kyle Yushik wasn't leading the running backs slash fullback slash backfield players in snaps when Elijah Mitchell was healthy. So I think it's that simple. I'm firing up Elijah Mitchell if I have him and he's healthy. You're probably starting... Debo Samuel confidently as well. George Kittle. The other question mark is Brandon Ayuk, who finally came alive last week. And half of his targets were in the red zone. And he did catch a touchdown. He probably should have caught another one and went off his hands. Definitely should have caught it. Yeah. And that was the first one. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I think it was a good thing. Because it was the second one, it's a bad thing. But I wrote on my Buy Low, Sell High article, I wrote about Brandon Ayuk. And one of the things I said was, and I, and I mentioned this in the review pod, is... If you're a player in the doghouse, then if you drop a touchdown, you're not returning. You're going back to the doghouse. You're not getting back on the field. But that's not what happened. In fact, the next drive, they hit Ayuk for the touchdown. So it's just like you drop the touchdown, and then 
they went right back to you for the touchdown on a route where I don't know if you watched him run the route, but he left Jair Alexander in the absolute dust. And and Debo Samuel ran the same route on the other side and didn't come and just like looked like an idiot because he's not like the red zone route runner type guy. That's Brandon Ayuk. And Brandon Ayuk separates himself when it comes to running routes. So Kyle Shanahan was telling us the truth, I think. The guy was nursing a hamstring injury. It, he wasn't 100%. And Trent Sherfield was the better player because of said hamstring injury for two weeks. And now he's right back to playing 86% of the snaps. He's right back to seeing six targets. He's right back to getting two end zone targets. I think that if you liked Brandon Ayuk when you drafted him, you got to like Brandon Ayuk now. And this is a good matchup against the Seahawks. Play Brandon Ayuk. Anything, anything to Jason, add? Jason, Jason, uh, Jason muted himself. Um, <laughs> well, at least once, a, at least once, an obviously. Episode. Yeah. But, um, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you in that. I do think he's back in that he's going to be like an every near every snap player. Now I'd be shocked if he wasn't because even Mosa knew completely crushed Trent Sherfield last week in terms of playing time. Well, they so play two different the, positions. Yeah, so there goes the, all the Sherfield type, really. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think Brandon Ayuk is back into... I don't know if I want to trust him as, like, a top 36 receiver yet. In a wide receiver three, I still think it's a little dicey. I want to give it a little more time, but I do think he at least is a decent flex play this week in a potential shootout-type game against Seattle because the Seattle secondary is nothing to really be too scared um, at if you're an opposing wide receiver. And it's just... I don't know how much I'm going to be able to trust when Debo Samuel was still the alpha. George Kittle saw nine targets again. We'll see how it works this time. Um, but Brandon Nuke saw a lot of targets last week in a game where they were trailing the entire time against Green Bay. We'll see how this game goes against Seattle. I think he's more flex play. We'll see how it goes. Let's see what, how this um, this Ayuk experiment continues because it's been a very, very strange start of the season for him. But Hopefully it was just the injury and now he's back to normal. And this is this San Francisco offense that we basically expected. Uh, Carlos Hyde is out tonight. Yes, he is. James, so are you moving James Robinson up in your uh, rankings a little bit? I did move him up in my rankings a little bit. Yeah, I think I'm going to move slightly. him up. Slightly. One slight, spot. I think I'm going to move him up a little bit over Miles Sanders and Clyde edwards Lair. Also, I'm all aboard the Elijah Mitchell train if he returns because the 49ers clearly showed they do not trust Trey Sermon at all. I mean, Kyle Juszczyk out-targeted him. Kyle Juszczyk was in in the red zone and scored the big touchdown. Disgusting. They clearly don't trust Trey Sermon. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why I'm so confident in Elijah Mitchell. Um, I don't think... it. Again, we've mentioned this before, and we'll mention it again probably. The people who say that because Elijah Mitchell had a bad game, you, spent, you spending fab on him wasn't a good idea when he touched the ball 17 times in said game, are people who have not been analyzing fantasy football for a long time and just don't understand what it's about. And if, you know, Jeff Wilson's not back yet. I think Jeff Wilson is the guy you have to worry about when it comes to Elijah Mitchell. But if Elijah Mitchell's healthy, healthy he's a good play in this game. Um, I even think Jimmy G is a sneaky is a sneaky QB streamer. If Timothy likes Jimothy, huh? Yeah, I think Jimmy's a little bit of a sneaky one. No, I think that's a ridiculous statement. But you know what? Do you can in a two? Well, how about in a two quarterback a super flex? I mean, two quarterbacks a whole different story, bro. So would you play him? Would you think he's a top twenty-four this week? Guess. 
hard hitting, hard hitting fantasy analysis by Jason. <laughs> um, let's go on to the next game: Cardinals at the Rams. Jalen Ramsey will probably shadow DeAndre Hopkins in this game, which that doesn't mean fade DeAndre Hopkins. Although he had a bad game last week, he is a little banged up. You're playing DeAndre Hopkins. You're hoping for the best, but there's a good chance that one of these other wide receivers pop. Elijah Elijah Moore, not Elijah Moore. Rondell Moore went from everyone's favorite to complete bust after one week. Uh, it wasn't even the what he did. If he did what he did and he saw the field as much as the the date as the week before, fine. But his usage went from week one to week two, almost doubled, and then got cut in half again um, on week three. So that's something you're not really not really trying to touch. AJ Green continues to ball. I'm not mad at you if you want to start AJ Green. And then you want to talk about Kirk, Christian Kirk. 65% of his snaps have been from the slot. And you, you know we don't like the talent of Christian Kirk. But the slot seems to be working for the dude. And he's been fantasy viable. So, how are you feeling about these receivers outside of Hopkins? All right. So, first of all, I'm still not promoting A.J. Green. I just need to make that clear. And I don't support your promotion of the old man either. He's but, been balling. Look. The way that the um, the Cardinals line up on offense, the most likely result is that Christian Kirk gets the most of Jalen Ramsey, which is not good for Christian Kirk. I still understand if you want to start him because he's been good, and this game has shootout potential. I'm more interested in Rondell Moore, who unsurprisingly everyone is fading because they had one bad week. Uh, uh, everyone's the same. If you look at what the Cardinals have done this season – they have created plays for Rondell Moore in games that actually matter. They didn't need to try hard enough against the Jaguars to create plays for Rondell Moore. I, I truly believe that. They wanted to save those plays for harder opponents. I'm giving you the stank face right now, Jason. No, I, I, I really believe that they, they made it a mission to get Rondell Moore drawn up plays the first two weeks, and then they played the Jaguars, and they didn't have to try as hard. Why waste your best plays against the Jaguars? Why let teams see it on film? The Jaguars are that bad. So I think that Rondell Moore is still an interesting flex play this week, even though the rest of the world is out on him after one bad week. Would you start him or Brandon Ayuk? It's very close, in my opinion. I'd start Ayuk. Probably Ayuk. I'm, I'm facing that decision in our in our league. So thank you for that for that advice. Um, would you start him or Terrace Marshall? More. Yeah, but you don't really you're not really on the on the Marshall train like I am. Uh, would you start more or Brandon Cooks? And probably Cooks. Would you start? You would you start more or Jamal Williams? PPR more. Corey Davis. Otherwise Williams. Corey Davis. Okay, so that's where you're at around more, like around that kind of fringe, like flexy wide receiver, could could have a big game type guy. Um, mm-hmm. The running backs. Shady, sh- very shady. Um, Chase Edmonds has been very good. J- James Conner, though, like completely took the wind out of his sails last week and rushed for two touchdowns. It also took the wind out of Kyler Murray's sails because he didn't have to throw touchdowns because they were rushing for touchdowns. I'm not betting on James Conner touchdowns. James Conner is like a tight end playing running back. If he doesn't score 
a touchdown, you're going to be insanely disappointed to the point where he's going to get you like one or two points. He's he's literally a tight end playing a running back playing tight end playing running back. And that's not what I'm interested in. So I'm not interested in him. I'm down to, to start Chase. How you feeling about this running back backfield? When it comes to James Conner, he only scores touchdowns when the game is out of reach. That's how it's been. And it wasn't just out of reach against the Jaguars. Like he scored when it was a close game, but it was still the Jaguars. James Conner has gotten most of his rushes in the second half of games where the Cardinals are leading. This isn't that game. This is a game against the Rams who are very good, who just beat the defending champs, who have a quarterback playing at an MVP level. So you can leave James Conner on your bench this week. Chase Edmonds, on the other hand, is likely going to see a decent amount of targets. If the Cardinals have to pass as much as we think they're going to have to pass, Chase Edmonds is going to get at least six targets, maybe four or five catches. If he gets a few rushes, I could see this being a solid week for James Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds has double-digit points each of the last three weeks to start the season, yeah, even with Connor stealing the two touchdowns. Um, so I do think people are – like, he's a perfect flex type of guy um, with the ceiling if he's able to find the end zone, which he hasn't yet. But, yeah, you're, you're starting Chase Edmonds in this matchup pretty happily, I think, as an RB2 flex play. And James Connor is always – like, the first two weeks it didn't work out because he didn't find the end zone. Week three he finds the end zone twice, and it worked swimmingly. But that's what you have to hope for. You just have to bank on a touchdown, very touchdown reliant because he's not involved at all in the passing game. Michael and Jason ate breakfast this morning. When Jason was the quarterback, Wheaties. when Jason was the quarterback of our um, team, they would eat breakfast all the time together. They're twins. And then they'd go out and they'd scorch the earth together because they're twins. That the twinsies, Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup, eating breakfast together, laughing, joking. That is a ridiculous combination so far this year. But, you know, sometimes there's another brother like Tim. He's looking out the window. It's like, oh, man, I want to have some receptions. I want to have some breakfast. But then he's like, no, you can't have any. So the question is, Robert Woods, um, how scared are you? That oh, this was is a whole Stafford and Cup story. That was a whole Stafford and Cup story. Yes, uh, you're just, you're just gonna assume all of our listeners know that Stafford and Cup have had breakfast together. Tim literally said it, man. I, I know, Jason, you're not paying attention, dude. Get your shit oh, together. I missed that part. Then. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. This is entirely my fault. <laughs> Robert Woods, how much are you panicking? One to ten about what's going on so far. About a seven. Seven. It seems as um, though the, the, the ice cream sandwich, Robert Woods, has been replaced by a nice ice cream sundae with a big banana, if you know what I'm saying. The uh, the snap count is there. The true values are there. But we've seen this in the past where some guys with high true value and high snap counts, uh, Sammy Watkins, um, just don't really work out because they're not involved in the passing game as much. And that's how it's been so far to start the year in Los Angeles. It seems like a Cooper Cup-led Wide receiver room, obviously, that has been a crazy dynamic duo of Stafford and Cup, and Robert Woods has been really maybe tied for third in the pecking order with Van Jefferson and Deshaun Jackson even last game. Like, he hasn't made himself stand out from those two guys, which is frustrating if you drafted Robert Woods because he's an ice cream sandwich, man. Like we always say, all reliable, and it has not been that way to start this year. With that being said, I'm not entirely giving up hope. 
Um, if he has another bad game against the Cardinals in a game that could literally end 42 to 38, and I don't think anyone would be surprised, then I would be absolutely very concerned. I, I'd raise it up to a 10 if Robert Woods has another bad week against Arizona this week. I'd still play him as a wide receiver three in this matchup. Robert Wood puts up three for 35 next week. Are you releasing him? No, I'm not going to release him. But you're not going to start him either. Yeah. Uh, AZ is a middle of the pack rush defense. So if Daryl Henderson plays, you got to like Daryl Henderson. And he's trending towards playing. Daryl Henderson is an absolute start. Um, Arizona has been atrocious against the run this season to start. Again, it's only a three-game sample size, but still. Um, Sony Michelle did absolutely nothing to make him to separate himself in that backfield or to make him deserve touches once Henderson returns. He was pretty damn ugly. 20 rushes, 67 yards is gross, even against Tampa. Three receptions, 12 yards. Henderson was much better during his time in that backfield. And even last week, Sony Michelle was basically his entire backfield. So that's what Sean McVay is doing. Um, so if he's back, you're certainly starting Daryl Henderson 100%. Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I have him ranked highly this week. Um, and Matt Stafford is also a play against a defense where they get sacks, but, you know, they're susceptible. Let's go over to the other side. You know, Kyler Murray had a down-to-earth game last week, uh, rushed in a, co- a, a touchdown, but mostly it was the James Conner show, no th- uh, throwing touchdowns through the air. Um, I'm not worried about him, but there is something to be said about the fact that, you know, the Rams are a very good defense. Uh, so maybe temper your expectations on Kyler this week as well. Um, Kyler yeah, has we, struggled we, we talked against about the, the Rams the rest. in his young career, which I do think gives a, an interesting DFS look here for Kyler. This is probably going to be his lowest rostered week. This could, this could end up being a huge shootout where he puts up big numbers, even though he struggled against the Rams in the past. Let's go to the next game then. Steelers at the Packers. Um, man, Big Ben looks kind of trash, huh? But in, the good news is Deontay Johnson back. He was in practice Thursday. He looks like he's going to play. Um, bad news for everyone else, like Chase Claypool and Najee Harris that got a, a whole bunch of targets. Juju's still up in the air from what I last read. Is that the, the latest on him? Do you guys have any more information than I do? He practiced in a limited capacity this week. Um, well, most recently. What um What's important in my eyes is that Deontay Johnson is no longer even a limited participant. Because when it comes to Juju, this man, he's been held to 52 receiving yards or fewer in all three games this season, hasn't reached double-digit targets, and Big Ben is big to do. Big to do. Deontay Johnson gets double-digit targets every week. Chase Claypool is at least a big play threat. Juju Smith-Schuster is doo-doo Smith-Schuster. Facts. Talk to, talk, to, talk to Michael over there. I no longer... I did not support the Juju movement this offseason. Me neither. I think we have the bet, the Deontay-Juju-Claypool bet. Deontay's going to win that one easily, guys. Claypool still got it. Deontay is the only Steelers receiver I feel comfortable starting. Yeah, you're wild. Big you Ben is too awful to support more than one receiver. At the you moment. can start Claypool against Green Bay because uh, he's not going to get Jair Alexander and he can p- hit a big play. What makes you say he's not going to get Jair Alexander? He's not going to get him 
he's not going to be shadowed by him the whole game. He's going to Deontay is no. They're probably he'll probably split, but it won't be the whole game. It's not like he's going to shadow Chase Claypool. It wouldn't make any sense. Juju literally played half a game and left, and you guys are talking about him as if he, like. Michael's a resident Juju. Just completely shit the bed. I don't understand. Like, I want nothing to do with Big Ben's two-yard target receiver. Factual. Either factuals. way, the Packers have been absolutely atrocious against the pass. Right. Atrocious. Last year too. This is a, this is a same shit. So I am. Uh, I'm. I mean, I'm. St- I don't even like Claypool, and I'm going to start him and Deontay Johnson. The Packers are trash, and the Steelers don't have T.J. Watt again. They looked very pedestrian last week without TJ Watt. Did. He's like the glue that holds them all together. Minka Fitzpatrick, their prize possession last year, is one of the lowest rated safeties so far in PFF and has been playing terrible, surprisingly. Yeah, surprisingly. So, so I'm not scared of that Steelers defense. This is a big game to target Um, if you have these guys. You're playing Najee Harris. And on the Packers side, of course, you're playing Devontae Adams. Of course, you're playing Aaron Jones. And Marcus Valdez-Scantling actually is dealing with an injury of his own, Mr. Air Yards. If he ends up being out, he has a hamstring injury. Alan Lazard become, would become very interesting against Pitt as well because the third option is going to need to step up. Um, so keep that in mind as well. And then Robert Tunyon has been disappointing, but he did play 73% of snaps last week, which was a big rise from the first couple of weeks. Only saw one target. He has not been what people wanted. But I'm not giving up hope just yet. We'll see how it goes against Pittsburgh. With the way that Tunyon landscape is, I still think Tunyon has as good a shot as anyone to score a touchdown. Um, so I'm still likely going to play him as a low-end tight end one option, especially if MVS is out. Could mean more routes for Tunyon as well. So, yeah, it's a it's a good good matchup to target, in my opinion. Um. Michael, thanks for for just like playing host and transitioning from the Steelers to the Packers without any Anytime. any warning whatsoever. I appreciate that. Najee Harris is my number four overall running back this week. I love I love me some Najee. Yeah, Najee um, Harris is in a good spot. The, he but like I I wouldn't rank him that high just because talent level. Like he's gonna get. I'm not saying he's not a talented running back, but he has been absolutely atrocious. That's true. As a running back to start the season. Like, disgustingly awful. There are many clips of him running directly into a defender instead of a wide-open lane right in front of him or juking nobody and getting tackled when he could have got extra yardage. He's 16 for 45, 10 for 38, and 14 for 40 is absolutely disgusting. He's also not going to catch 14 passes again. So, I mean, I have him as an RB1, but I'm not ranking him inside my top five. Definitely not. All right. Well, that we differ. Okay. So suck it. Trent Dilfer? Trent Dilfer. Um, I'm not scared of the Steelers' defense. So, like Michael said, Devon, uh, like let's go Devontae, obviously. Let's go Aaron Rodgers. Let's go Aaron Jones. Let's go Robert Tanyan. Um, I'm not sure about if I would take a shot on Alan Lazard. I, I, I'm not of Michael's thinking with that one. Uh, I don't think the Steelers are going to put up all these points where the Packers are going to have to have their If MVS is out. Yeah, but I, I again, like I don't think the Steelers are going to put up crazy points on the Packers where it's like you have to have your third option step up here. Like I just I just don't see that being the case. Um is it let's go Robert Tunyon though? Yeah, I would yeah, he has like six Michael targets said all year, man. But like Michael said though, he played a lot of snaps last week and you know, sometimes with these guys they're just going to not 
not be targeted and just ha- you just have to deal with it. So against the Steelers, it's a, it's a matchup that I like. Um, anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? Let's go on to no. the Ravens at the Broncos. The Broncos defense has been phenomenal so oh, far. Oh, wait. Hold on. What? Oh, I didn't miss it yet. Never mind. The Ravens and the Broncos, like I was saying. Um, the Broncos have been phenomenal so far, but they played the Jets and the Giants, so uh, take that with a grain of salt. The Ravens look like they weren't. They didn't have a good offensive game last game, but again, like I mentioned on the last pod, if Marquise Brown comes down with two out of three of those of those drops that he egregiously dropped, particularly two where he could have walked into the end zone. Like this game is a 45 point Ravens shellacking and everyone's talking about the Ravens this week on their power rankings. So it's going to be an interesting matchup here because the Broncos have been good, but the Ravens have also been good on offense. Let's start on the Ravens side against that Broncos defense. Lamar Jackson, you're obviously playing at all times. So we're going to, we're going to play Lamar Jackson. Rashad Bateman and Devin DuVernay were both activated off the IR. Hollywood Brown has been good, but he's Miles been, Boykin. DuVernay's Miles been Bo- Excuse me, excuse me, Miles Boykin. Um, Hollywood Brown, you know, he's been good, but he's been good without the other guy's presence on the field. Uh, do, are you worried about Hollywood Brown after last game at all? Or do you think that Rashad Bateman is someone that you should... Obviously, you can't play him this week, but you should probably keep an eye on him, yeah? People are like fading Hollywood Brown after last week as if three drop touchdown doesn't mean he had the potential to score three touchdowns. Remember when Will Fuller dropped like three touchdowns in one game? That was awful, but no one decided Will Fuller sucked after that. Like people are forgetting that Hollywood Brown had either 80 yards or a touchdown in 10 straight games prior to last week. And that should have absolutely continued if he didn't just randomly get butterfingers. So even in a matchup against the Denver defense, who has been impressive to start the year, albeit in very, very easy matchups. We don't know how good that defense actually is yet. Big test here against the Ravens. I'm starting Hollywood Brown. Like you said, Miles Boykin, who has always been whatever. It's not like he's ever stolen work from Hollywood Brown. And Rashad Bateman, a rookie playing his first game off IR who hasn't been playing recently. Like he's been injured. So I'm not scared about Rashad Bateman, at least for this week either. Definitely a stash and someone to keep an eye on and have on your bench moving forward. But I mean, I'm playing Hollywood Brown this week. It's simple as that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. But I think there is something to be, to be said about you should be a little weary about the fact that, you know, he didn't have anyone else on the field. He had Devin DuVernay on the field. So now that he's going to have Rashad Bateman on the field, maybe that makes a difference. So just 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 something to keep an eye it on. It will be Bateman's first game, but I would say pick up Bateman now because – if Bateman comes out and has a good first game, he's going to be the waiver wire darling. So beat the crowd. What about Mark Andrews, man? What do you do with Mark Andrews? You start him and hope for the best. At this point, it's like it's very annoying. It's it's very discouraging. Like you would think with all of these people out, he would be more involved. You would think with the routes he's running, he'd be more involved. It's just like. 13 catches through three games is just mediocre. Yeah, but I mean... And we're saying this after he had his right, best game of the right. year. Right, He did go se- like he five, went five of seven for 109. 109, right. So that's... The thing you is, also like, need to remember that, like, would he went up five for 109 if Marquise Brown actually caught the ball? I think that's what... I think that's what I'm saying. And also, like, he goes five for 109, 
thirteen point four half PPR points is not is not also like that. You look at the point totals and you're like, okay, well, okay, fine. I'm okay with that, 13. But the week before, he put up 52. I mean, he put up uh, 8.2. It's only five more points, and he had a much better game. So, I mean, the bottom line is, what do you do with Mark Andrews? Because he's not seeing the end zone. He's got to see the end zone to be valuable. Yeah, you just got to keep hoping for the best. You, you drafted him to be your tight end, and he's been a top 12 tight end one time this season. It's just how it is. It's how tight ends are right now. You're not gonna you're not gonna go pick up Jared Cook to start over Mark Andrews. That would just be irresponsible. Tyson Williams, Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman. Um, yikes, yikes, yikes. I warned no, you no, not no. to get involved with these guys. Um they're just the less talented versions of a backfield that I already didn't want a part of. Um and you know, Tyson Williams continues to be the most efficient running back by far. Well, Compared to these other two old men, but the two other old men do the little things better, so they see the field more. Um, you know, yuck. Yeah, I guess like if you had to pick one of these guys, who would you start? If I had to pick one of these you guys, it'd be Tyson Williams. Gun to your head. Okay. He played. He played fifty percent of the snaps last week, but only saw one target. Devontae Freeman mixed in, Latavius Murray mixed in, and Latavius Murray, for whatever reason gets the important goal line work. So it's a disgusting trio back there. Um, even in the highest volume rushing offense in the league, I don't really want anything to do with any of these guys because they're all sharing work. They're all going to be touchdown dependent options. And I don't want to chase that. Like Tyson Williams is the best of the bunch, but this is by far their most difficult matchup to start the year. Las Vegas, KC, and Detroit are three tremendous rushing matchups, and none of them blew anyone away in those three weeks. So now we get Denver, and one of them is supposed to take this huge step up. I'd be shocked if one of them has a huge game. Um, They're just like Tyson Williams, I think, is more of a flex play dart throw. I wouldn't want to trust Latavius Murray. Or, I mean, definitely not Devontae Freeman. Uh, speaking about their first test of the year, the Broncos are going to face their first test of the year. If you want to hear about a light schedule, the Broncos so far have played the Giants week one, the Jaguars week two, and the Jets week three. You don't get any easier in the NFL in 2021 than Giants, Jaguars, Jets. That might be. And they've given up with those three matchups over 300 passing yards per game. So their passing defense has not been good. But they've only given up t- about 26 points per game, and, and you you have to also take into consideration that they got big leads in all these games, and the teams were just throwing from behind. So that, that is something to, to keep in mind. Um, I'm not saying that that's the whole reason, but that is something to keep in mind. Teddy Bridgewater, everyone's favorite darling. You're not playing him against the Ravens. Um, but his weapons, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Tim Patrick. Of the bunch, Tim Patrick has been the most consistent. You you know what you're going to get out of Tim Patrick, it seems. Cortland Sutton went from very high to very low, but in a game where you didn't really need to pass that much. In this game, you're probably going to have to pass. How do you feel about these two outside wide receivers and, of course, Noah Fant, the tight end, who is it? everything says that he should benefit right now. We saw one game where he was pretty good. One game where he wasn't so good. How are you feeling about him in this one? I coined a new phrase for Timothy Patrick. Oh, boy. 
in the Weaver patron pod. No, Michael's heard it. He didn't really like it. Because Tim Patrick's a wide receiver three every week. So his new name is Tim Ware three Patrick. No, no, that's a horrible. It's just a horrible name. This is the worst name. Yes, I love it. What about Timothy Hattrick? I prefer Timothy Hattrick, although it doesn't make much sense. Yeah, it it's, doesn't. It like, just, I get there's three, it's three. Like, yeah, and it three. makes may more sense. Tim Ware three Patrick. Tim wise. Tim Ware three Hattrick. <laughs> Boom. All right. So now you have to throw Tim Ware three Hattrick out there. I will. As your wide I will three. say we have a we have a we have a, 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 a the best nickname for Tim Patrick definitely is from the fantasy footballs. I just got to shout them out because they're like. Tim Patrick is secretly a good wide receiver, but no one wants to play him because his name is Tim Patrick, so they call him Dynamite Jones. <laughs> That's a good one. It's a good one, but Tim Worth 3 is better in my opinion. Tim Worth 3 hat trick. Look, the Jets were so <laughs> fucking bad last week. He didn't have to throw the ball at Bridgewater. Like, he didn't have to try. And it really sucked if you started Corlin Sutton, who had sky-high potential against people who can't guard him. Because Sutton did what he had to do. On his five targets, he caught five balls for 37 yards. He just didn't need more targets than that. Against the Jaguars, he did. Baltimore should be a game where Sutton gets targets. So I am happily throwing Sutton out there right now. Tim Patrick as well as wide receiver three. And Noah Fant, you're firing up as a tight end. Um, This is what you expected from Noah Fant if you drafted him. Like there's When he scores a touchdown, he'll be a wide receiver one. There'll be games where he'll just sneak into wide receiver tight end one territory, even without a touchdown. Then there's games he's going to suck. That's literally been the first three weeks. Yeah. In half PPR, six catches, 62 yards, tight end 10. Okay. Four catches, 33 yards, but he finds the end zone, tight end six. Makes sense. Two for 15, no touchdowns, tight end 29. Like, that's no offense. These are his three possibilities. He's just done all three of them in the first three games. The Broncos running backs. Continue, the Broncos. The, continue the to, Continue to split the work 50-50. Melvin Gordon continues to be the, the guy. Well, almost 50-50. 50-50-ish. Melvin Gordon continues to be the guy, though, that's getting the most work, getting the most yards. For me, I got lucky because everywhere that I drafted Javante, I, I drafted him with the anticipation of him being a stash. But Melvin Gordon was going so low in drafts that I ended up getting Melvin Gordon everywhere that I have Javante. I think it's in three redraft leagues. So I am in this rare situation where I have to pick one of them. Last week, I almost picked Javante because he's been more efficient. But now I'm thinking I am willing to... He hasn't, though. He was previous to this to this week. He was more efficient. Not really. Just the advanced stats favor Williams, but all the on-field stats favor Melgo. Not if you take away that one big run. You, you, you can't. It you counted. can't. You can't. It count. You're right. But if you take away that one big run, then all those statistics go Javante's way on a per on a per carry basis, right? So then you can't take it away. And Melvin Gordon's been better, but for me as a guy who rosters both of them, this is what I've come to the conclusion on. I'm going to play Melgo until Javante has that big blow up breakout game where it's like, okay, this team's obviously going to just start transitioning to the younger guy. Then I'll start playing Javante. But I'm I'm willing to miss a week of great Javante in order to do that, personally. So that's that's my stance. And I don't think this is the week that Javante is great. I'll play Melvin Gordon. I'll play Javante. I won't play Javante. And I'm not I'm not excited about either because it's Bron- it's the Ravens. 
Yeah. Um, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams have actually gone backwards of what most expected <clears throat> from a 50, 50 split week one. It then went to 59, 41 Melgo and then 54, 40 Melgo week three. Um, Javante actually out targeted Melgo for the first time last week, but Melvin Gordon has just been the better fantasy back, right? Like he has the touchdowns. He has two games of over 14 half PPR fantasy points where he was a top 24 running back. And then you have Javante Williams who has not found the end zone. Actually, I'm sorry. He did find the end zone against the jets as Tim shows us his, uh, baby's bottom. <laughs> He's about to take a bath. My wife's Javante Williams. A Bye, baby. Did score a touchdown, <laughs> a goal line touchdown against the Jets on a play where he came in for Melgo, like because Melgo got them down there. So Melgo likely would have scored that touchdown. So I'm with you in that. It's definitely Melgo at the moment over Javante Williams. And it's not the like, it seems like a very difficult matchup against Baltimore, but they've been beatable a bit yeah. on the ground. They're actually bottom 10 so far and allowing fantasy points. Um, two opposing running backs. DeAndre Swift just had a nice day against them, but DeAndre Swift is better than both these guys, in my opinion. But either way, they're more flex players, but I do definitely prefer Melgo to Javante Williams at the moment. I mentioned this the other day. If, like A lot of people just see the Ravens purple and assume a, a really good rush defense, but their personnel is not the same as it used to be. Like it's it. You, there's only so many times you could lose your all-pro linebackers in free agency and just replace them the next year. And they lost Matthew Judon this year, and the linebacking core looks a lot different without Matthew Judon. Um, speaking of Matthew Judon, his new team. Oh, actually, before we go to the next team, how do you guys feel about Cortland Sutton this week? I'm playing Cortland Sutton happily. Like Jason said, he only saw five targets because the Jets suck that bad. But he went five for 37 on those targets. Week two, he was tremendous. He seems to be back. He's the main guy in that offense, receiving-wise. So I'm definitely playing Corlin Sutton. All right, we're at Sunday Night Football. Go ahead. Sunday Night Football on MSG. Brady oh. against the Pats. It's the best on TV. All right. I, I was going to say. At this point, we're doing it exclusively for Big Will because he's the, only, he's the only one that seems to like this thing. No, we have supporters of the Sunday Night That's Football. That's what you think so. in, your, in your mind. That's what I know. And Big Will. All right, we're going to do a Sunday Night Football on MSG rally, and you'll see how many people come out to support. One, Big Will. But he's our guy. That's enough for me. Uh, <laughs> um, Bucks at Pats is a Sunday night matchup. It's a rivalry. Guys, am I crazy? Listen to me. Tom Brady in Foxborough for the first time with the all-time passing record on the line. Against Bill Belichick. I have him ranked as QB1 this week. Wait, how many yards? It's <laughs> oh, wild. Why is that wild? I, I think Hold that on. he's gonna like happen. 400 yards away or some shit. No more than that. No, it's in no, reach. It's like 40 yards away. It's within reach. Oh, last. Okay. I didn't realize I, I was a week off. He, he's gonna pass it then. He's gonna pass it. Yes. That doesn't mean he's gonna be QB one. And I, and also and also Gronk touchdown score, smash that. Antonio Brown also played for the Patriots. Smash that too. T- today you asked me should I start Antonio Brown or Marvin Jones, and I told you Antonio Brown, and I mean it. Yeah, I'm going with Marvin Jones. Well, yeah, I, I think you're Marvin stupid. Jones. You want to do a bet, Marvin uh, Antonio Brown this week versus Marvin Jones? Yeah, I'm in. All right, let's uh, do it. I guess just because we haven't bet enough. All right, let's do it. That's gonna be when we're 
when we're uh, like in week 17 or whatever, when we go over these things, it's going to be like, what the fuck did we bet that for? <laughs> um, I'll bet you guys, too, that Tom Brady finishes QB1 overall, but only if if I win the bet, I get credit for three bets won. And you guys Deal. get only credit for one. What kind of a dumbass? No. What do you two? I need we'll odds. Give you two. No, 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 no. Two and a half. Yeah, because it's both of us. So you're going to get four W's if you nail this. Th- exactly. No, I'm not doing this. I wanted six W's. Three we each. One-on-one bets. We've never done anything more than that. That's yeah, but I'm I'm betting Tom Brady being the number one quarterback overall, though. That's wild. Get over it. All right, fine. So you're trying to pull a fast one like Michael right now. It's the I'm not trying to pull a fast one. And Michael's I'm, like, I'm hold on, odds. only I pull fast ones in these bets. <laughs> I'm getting my odds, all right? Um, all right. Uh, outside of that, I love I love the I love the matchup for Tom Brady overall because Tom Brady's going to absolutely dissect the Patriots. I have I have no doubt that the like Bill Belichick's a great coach. He really is, but I have no doubt that Tom Brady is the reason why the Patriots were a dynasty. Uh, I I. Obviously, the Patriots would have been a, a great team regardless because Bill Belichick is a great coach. But Tom Brady knows Bill Belichick's tendencies, this, and I believe in Tom Brady over Bill Belichick at this point, so I'm going with Tom Brady. I think he's the number one. I think you see what Tom Brady does with a chip on his shoulder. This is what he does. Did you remember? Awkward interview with, with Rod Woodson. Um, crying on that TV show that's a meme right now when they were talking about him getting drafted. 15 years later, four, like uh, two Super Bowls, three Super Bowls later, and he's still crying about it. This is a guy who holds chips. He has a chip. He wants to be known in history as the guy who beat Bill Belichick after he did it with Bill Belichick. He, that's what he wants. He wants the credit. The Bucks are going to win. No one's contending this. No, but he wants to smash them, and I think he will. I, 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 400 yards, four touchdowns. Put it in the books. I mean, I hope so. That'd be awesome. I'll bet you guys. I'll bet you guys that Tom Brady gets over three hundred yards and over three touchdowns, and three touchdowns or more. How about that? No, it's reasonable. All right, fine. I think he's done that every week, <laughs> and now he's gonna do it again. Boom, shakalaka. So start AB. Start AB. Start all. Start them all. Start AB. Start Mike Evans. Start Chris Godwin. One of them's gonna disappoint, but it, it's 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 a crapshoot. You don't ever know which one, so you start them every week. And Gronk's gonna catch a touchdown I mean, without a doubt. A crapshoot is a little much. They've been, they've been solid. Mike Evans has been good since I'm week one. Chris I, Godwin has been a little disappointing. I'm saying crapshoot um, on which one is gonna suck, because always one yeah. always sucks. I mean, I'm always on the AB's gonna suck bandwagon because he plays 30 percent less snaps than either of the other guys, and now he's been out last week because of COVID. I, I'm not super high on Antonio Brown this week. I'd rather play Godwin and Evans and Gronk uh, definitely starting Gronk as well Tim what are the odds Michael saying that just because I'm going up against him and he wants me to start Marvin Jones over Antonio Brown right. I want I would so much rather Tim start a I mean Jason start a B over Marvin Jones but I, I have to speak honestly on the podcast Jason asked me yesterday I was like I'm not going to tell you it's like bro just tell me I'm going to ask you on the podcast either way it's like damn you're right that is a uh... that's a rule we made that we just live by and it hurts <laughs> No lying on the pod. Yeah, no lying on the pod. We, I mean, that's that's what we do. But we used to Let's lie make a trade real quick, Tim. I'll give you Antonio Brown. Who are your running backs? Who am I? In our, in, are you talking about in our home league right now? Home league. Antonio Gibson, um, Ezekiel Elliott, 
Jamal Williams. All right, give me Jamal Williams. Four. AB? I'd need more. Yeah, I mean, it. it's a good trade. I would take it, but I, it just it doesn't fit the profile of my team right now. Cause my, my, let's talk though. Cause I have all right. Let's talk. Cause I have a wide receiver in my right now. I have Ayuk in my, in my uh, flex. Just give me Antonio Gibson and I'll give you Antonio Brown and Cole Beasley. I'm obviously giving you the better side definitely, of the deal. Definitely not gonna happen. I'm giving you the better Antonio. Yeah. Um. Sure. Uh, give me the give me the guy who's gonna miss two games for not for getting COVID too. No, thank you. Um. All right. Let's see. Where else are we going here? The, I mean, at the, at this point, the Bucks backfield. How can you start either of these guys with confidence? You can't. This is a beat us by. Um, what are you doing, Jay? Jason's just looking at me. There's a weird ass face, yo. Aye, aye, aye. The rails are this coming a, off a little bit right now. Come on, let's get let's get it together here, people. <laughs> this is a beat us um, by Tom Brady week that's happening so i agree in that i do not want to be a part of that backfield which has just been a complete mess like joe bernard is actually spraying this mcl so he's likely out which makes leonard Fournette a little more appealing like i don't hate him as a flex play but rojo needs to just get the hell out um yeah let's go over to the pat side i think that like zach wilson no listen i think that like zach wilson who has Looked better than his box score. Mac Jones has also looked better than his box score. He has not been helped out by his veterans. Jonu Smith legit handed the ball over to someone last week. Um, So, Pats, no. Even though, I mean, Jacoby Myers, he's the air yard darling right now. Um, The Pats, I mean, the Bucks have been extremely susceptible to the pass. They've been absolutely awful against the pass. They've given up the most um, wide receiver points in the league. So, with that being said, how are you feeling about any pass catchers? I don't want to touch the Pats, man. Really? Even not even Bro, Jacoby Myers? No, Jacoby fucking Myers. Jacoby, I'm allergic to the end zone. UDFA with awful measurables. I'm basically discount Cole Beasley, and no one likes Cole Beasley, but talk about me instead, Jacoby Myers. That's mad. That's mad dashes. Yeah, I know. He has a long name. I was surprised, too. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, everyone's going to point to Jacoby Myers because he had nine catches last week. Yada, yada, yada. Never found the end zone. And he's not going to have nine catches every week. He's going to have five or six if he's lucky because Mac Jones isn't playing very good. He's in the role of game manager. And the Bucks have a very good defense. So I'm not banking on a scrub-ass Receiver with a scrub ass quarterback against a mega defense. Uh, I just want and that s- goes honestly for the whole Pats offense. It's a bunch of scrub asses. And the only the only actually good player on that offense right now, Damian Harris, has to go up against one of the toughest rush defenses in the league. What it- I'm most interested in watching this game is to see who takes James White's role, whether it's Ramondre Stevenson or JJ Taylor. JJ Taylor's my guess. That's the only thing I'm interested in in this game on the Pats side. I, I think it's JJ Taylor as well. Um, I mean, I'm I'm willing to to play Jacoby Myers. I I, I would I'm not about Damian Harris. Damian Harris had six touches last week. He looks like one of my bigger misses um, for the season. Just an update as well. Speaking of running backs, it looks as though Tony's Pollard's absent from thir- absent from Thursday's practice was not injury related. So. 
Um, we we broke it down where Tony Pollard was possibly not going to be in the game, but to, it looks like Tony Pollard will be in the game for the Cowboys. So if you're still listening, um, note that because it is not injury-related. Um, let's go on to our next matchup, the last one. The... <laughs> Raiders at the Chargers. Uh, go Chargers, go. Michael, come on, where you at? Go Chargers, go. Uh, go. So let's start on the Chargers side because the Chargers side is the sexier side. Justin Herbert's a, a fucking baller, man. And he yes. can, and he's going to make people. Playmaker, shot caller. He's a baller. And Mike Williams is also a baller, and so is Keenan Allen. So is Austin Eckler. Those three guys are and probably so is Joe Lombardi. Are probably going to ball. Um, yeah, so is Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator. Uh, Jared Cook is a flex consideration, but he's been up and down to say the least. Um, he makes a boneheaded play every. You mean game, like a back end tight end consideration? What the fuck, he's saying flex. Yeah, I meant uh, stream. Sorry, I meant to say stream. Um, <laughs> is there anything about Idiot. is there anything about the Chargers that's not expected? Like if you're if you have a Charger and they're playing the Raiders, there's no reason to think that this isn't a plus matchup because it is. Correct, and you have to love Joe Lombardi because he is doing what's best for his players. He's using Mike Williams in an intermediate role. He's letting Keenan Allen cook. He's letting Herbert kill it. He's using Eckler near the goal line. He's getting Eckler targets. This is a funnel offense with a stud at the helm. You you gotta love it. It the Mike Williams in his new role is great. You want to talk about a miss? I missed on that because in his old role he wouldn't be doing this. But Lombardi came in, changed it up, and it's working very nicely. Allen Williams, Eckler, they're all gonna be and Herbert are all gonna be high end plays every week. Including this week, there's nothing about the Las Vegas defense that says otherwise. Jason, I got a I got a question for you. Again, it has nothing to do with this because we just got a we just got a um we just got a text in the in the patron in the in the patron um, Discord. Michael Michael currently is answering it as I'm going to ask you the question. Izzy, one of our one of our longest standing supporters, says so. Lockett didn't practice. I have Marvin and Boyd on my bench. What should we do? What do you guys think? I'd sit Marvin and Boyd. Why, why are we acting like Tyre Lockett hasn't had a top five performance? I don't know. I the think first I, three weeks of the season. I think I'd consider playing Tyler Boyd in that matchup. Whatever. Y'all stupid. That's why. What do you think, Jason? <sighs> I don't know. I gotta see what this injury is. Like how serious it is. He 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 came back. Yeah, you know. I don't know. We don't really like Tyler Lockett either. I think, I think I'd go Boyd. You guys are fucking out. The answer's Tyler Lockett. All right, let's start again with the Raiders then. So, I mean, Brian Edwards has been good, but only with the game goes to overtime. Yeah, I'd go with Lockett. He he was limited on a Wednesday. I'm not. He'll be fine. I'm a scared. I'm a scared. Um, the Raiders. The Peyton Barber-led Raiders. I mean, Josh Jacobs still might play. Uh, practiced as well. He practiced. He looks like he's going to play. So hopefully he plays. Um, Kenyon Drake, what a... 
What a bum. Uh, if I if I must put that if I must put it so eloquently, uh, he's not playable at this point. Um, so, I mean that's I I don't know why you randomly do things like that. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. Were you gonna play Kenyon Drake? I mean, as a if you have Gross. injuries and such. Fuck! If you have sure. injuries and such, I have Kenyon Drake as my RB two in our home league, and I'm three and zero. With oh, sixty more points than anyone else in the league. Relax. So relax. All right. You also have the number one, two, and three wide receivers on the league so far. Like you act like Kenyon Drake is a is a positive for you. I'm just saying getting eight to ten points out of your RB two or flex isn't the worst Yo, thing ever. Bro, gross. What are you gonna play with you're gonna play Kenyon Drake and get ten and get eight points? Gross. If you need to. I didn't say I like Kenyon Drake. I'm just saying you just randomly decided he's unplayable and he's a piece of shit because the Raiders decided to play Peyton Barber. Because he's an unplayable... I don't want to call the man a piece of shit, but last week he went three for 33 in the air. Whoa! Eight for 24 on the ground. Whoa! whoa. Week two, seven (laughs) rushes for nine yards. Whoa! Uh, Five receptions on six targets for 46 yards in the air. Whoa! Oh, oh, wait, wait, week one. Six rushes for 11 yards. Five for 59 through the air. I don't know why you're, like, reading off the stats. With no touchdowns at all. What are you saying? This guy is unplayable. I don't know why you just... fuck out of here. After every stat, you just said the team that he's on. Like, we all know it's the... You don't got to say it over and over. I'm saying, oh, my God, the shot. Get the fuck out of here with these numbers. I I don't want this at all. Get out of here. It's it's not me. It's not, and he's played forty three percent percent of snaps without without Josh Jacobs on the field. Get the get the fuck out of here! I don't like no 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 unplayable. If you want to play him, knock yourself out. If you have the top three wide receivers in the league, yeah, play Kenyon Drake. Fine. I mean, be like Michael. Chargers. This could be a very high scoring affair. I just don't think Kenyon Drake in the flex is the worst thing ever. Like you're making it seem. That's all. Kenyon Drake outscores Damian Harris this week, 100%. I just said, uh, I said both of them. But right. the, you, saying well, anywho, you saying he'll outscore Damian Harris is not saying that he's a playable player. I'm just saying, I'm sure Damian Harris is going to be ranked a lot higher, but we've spoken enough about Kenyon Drake to begin with. For yeah, crying well, that's out loud. your fault. You just didn't let me just skip over him like we should have. Aye, aye, aye. What about the wide receivers? Brian Edwards needs overtime, it seems. Henry Ruggs has been involved, though. Henry Ruggs is a little bit interesting. Yeah, um, Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs, and Hunter Renfro. Hunter the Ren- issue Hunter is Renfro, yeah. none of them, none of them have had that huge game, right? Like to separate themselves. Brian Edwards is playing the most. Um, Ruggs and and Renfro have similar um, snap percentages, but none of these guys are separating themselves from the pack. Darren Waller is still the the main guy there, so it's not like they've made this a super friendly fantasy offense even though they've been a very good offense but they have been putting together solid games all around because Derek Carr has been slinging the ball and the receiver has been coming through Henry Ruggs with his deep passes Hunter Renfro with his making Xavier Howard look silly on his touchdown score um, Brian Edwards coming through in the clutch and contested catches like let's not act like this team hasn't been looking impressive in in that wide receiver room so against the Chargers, there's some big time potential here for a shootout, I think, um, which makes them all interesting dart throw type flex plays. I do think Hunter Renfro would be my favorite of the bunch. He's really solidifying himself as a nice PPR target in uh, 
wide receiver, wide receiver three area, and he's getting red zone looks. Henry Ruggs is more the deep threat, and if he catches a long ball, you're going to be very happy about him in your flex. And Brian Edwards still trying to find consistent targets. Um, if that does come, we'll see. But he's definitely the outside looking in, in my opinion, of this wide receiver core right now um, for fantasy purposes. For the Chargers, I just want to put this out there. If you're waiting on a big Darren Waller week because he's been a little disappointed in the past couple of weeks, Chargers right now are 28th in DVOA against the tight end. That is yeah, good this, news. I was going to say, I think this is the Darren Waller uh, big game again. Um, seven targets each of the last two weeks. He's been decent. He hasn't scored a touchdown, five catches in each. Um, I think Darren Waller has a huge game. Yeah, so that's that's good news for you. And I think I would play Henry Ruggs in this game. Uh, Henry Ruggs is getting to the point where you have to start taking him seriously because he has, you know, he was drafted to be great. Uh, here's an interesting stat, too, that I heard. The Raiders, and this is kind of arbitrary because, you know, a lot of this has to do with scheduling, too, but the Raiders are the first team ever to beat three teams that won 10 games the previous season in a row to start the season after they beat Miami. That shit lit. So, yeah. That, that, I mean, that's, that has a lot to do with scheduling as well. You right. need to have that opportunity. I, like, exactly. I don't know how many opportunities have been had uh, in the past for that. Uh, but, you know, for what it's worth, the Raiders have done it. So, um, shout out to the Raiders for that. Um, Derek Carr, are you playing him? Yeah, man. I think he's absolutely mm. a streamable option at this point. He's a he's a QB one, uh, period. Like, if you picked up Derek Carr earlier in the season, it probably meant you didn't have a trustworthy quarterback. So at this point, he's been a QB one for weeks now. He's been balling out. Good matchup here. Uh, well, not a good matchup, but a decent matchup with high scoring potential. Like, I, I don't see why you wouldn't have a have trust in Derek Carr at this point. All right. Is that it? Are we done? Did we finish? Yeah, with five yeah. minutes to spare. I mean, we're at 117. Before so. before the Thursday night football game starts. Oh, 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 oh. Thursday night football on the MSG. Oh, my God. Uh, Jason, where can they find you? At BrotoFF Jason. Follow him on Twitter. There's no audio there. Michael? At BrotoFF Mike. You can find me at BrotoFF Tim. You can find Cass at BrotoFF Casanova. Fantasy uh, Football by Broto app is the app. BrotoFantasy.com is the hub. Uh, follow us on YouTube. Exciting announcement. And we just got the official word that it's going down this weekend. Cass is going to be doing a live stream on Sunday um, representing the Broto brand, giving you everything you need to know um, for start sits and and so you don't panic. So you have some Brodo. You got your bros right next to you. You know what I'm saying? You got some Brodo right next to you. Um, it's called crunch time because that's exactly what it is before we start. Crunch time. Uh, so, yeah. About a boom. About a bing. About a boom. About a bing. Later. 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 <laughs>